Our closer can't close games. Our relievers do anything but relieving. They actually do the opposite of that. Our team just is terrible. We can't get on like a good hitting streak. We can't get like we leave a bunch of runners on base every game. It's just the same thing as how we looked in May, and people were like, "Oh my God, we'll get better." No, we we've never actually gotten better, and I don't think we're going to get better anytime this season. So. What is up, everybody? It is a wins a win podcast. It is Friday flick. That is what we're doing today. We're pretty excited to discuss about our film that we decided to watch. We decided to watch an ESPN 30 for 30 called Four Days in October about the Boston Red Sox and their 2004 ALCS come from behind down 3-0 to the Yankees and eventually go on to win the World Series. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. Afterwards, we are going to talk about our baseball teams. I don't know, for those of you who are not watching on YouTube or whatever, we are watch- We are wearing different baseball jerseys. Uh, Charles is wearing a Tigers jersey. Sam is wearing a Cardinals jersey. And then I'm wearing an Astros jersey, but the old school version. Ooh. Um, <laughs> currently, only one of our teams is over 500. So... Um, there you go, just a little bit. And uh, we're pretty excited for today. Um, it should be a pretty good episode. I'm pretty excited to talk about it. Um, it's pretty cool because the documentary was made in 2010, so you have some people who worked for ESPN then, but obviously do not now. And it's kind of fun to see how young-looking some of the players look, like David Ortiz in it, and he looks way younger than what he is now. So. Does anyone have any comments before we get into the meat of the episode today? The meat of the episode. Oh, yeah, we're just talking about, you know, all the good stuff. You're right. Okay. Well, uh, a disclaimer before any fans get mad. Matt is actually more of a D-backs fan. The Astros are kind of hated now. They were pretty cool like four or five years ago, but before they got outed for cheating. So I just want to say that, but I'm also very excited. I want to say, Sam, they are my second favorite team, so it's okay. And I have the old school jersey, so. That's true. I I like the old school jersey a lot more than the new jersey that they have, too. Yeah, so, but even though, even then, Sam, my Diamondbacks are still over 500, unlike your team, so. That is true. I can't say much. The Cardinals are doing like the worst in like a hundred years or something ridiculous. It's crazy. But that's for a later topic. Um yeah well, I was gonna actually before we jump in, oh. sorry. You gotta let me give my little intro spill. You know I always bring something to the table. Yeah. You guys uh do you is that a specific player that you got Matt in your jersey or no? No mine just says eight on the back. Okay. And wow. are you are you wearing a goldie jersey, Sam? Yes. Yeah this is actually my Goldsmith spring training jersey. Ooh. Well, I will flip as well because I am wearing Cabrera. Yeah. Cabrera, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Miguel Cabrera. Miggy. So yeah. Just wanted to just I was curious if Matt, you had a a player specifically. No, I mean I brought my Arizona t-shirt 
and it's a Randy Johnson one, but you guys wanted me to wear a jersey, so I figured I'll put on the Astros one. And disclaimer, this isn't mine. This is Autumn's. So, yeah. Ouch. We we did Matt to wear his jersey, so he's repping Astros. Yeah. I didn't oh, actually... also wait real quick before we jump in. I, we already talked about it a little bit before filming, but give us an update on the clash life, Sam. Um, it's not we we talked about it a bit before we started this episode. It's not actually as bad as it used to be. The main reason why I stopped playing originally with Charles and Matt a few years back. This is like seven, eight years ago. You never even played with us, to be honest. Well, no, no I, I'm pretty sure I did play a little bit with you guys. And, I, and then we we all started playing Clash Royale, too. <laughs> I don't know. It, Hearthstone. It, yeah. No, I never played Hearthstone. I know that. But um, yeah, Clash is not too bad. I think I'm on my third day now. Second day. I haven't really kept track. But it's a lot more fun than the game used to be. I'm glad that you're your uh base just doesn't get wrecked every time you have a shield now <laughs> which is really nice you have like a cooldown um it's really cool that you have like the potions now too i've been abusing builder potions a lot and it's been a lot of fun when your buildings can actually finish in a reasonable amount of time instead of you having to wait like three days for it to finish so that's cool too um there's a, a few other little things that they added to the game which is fun so Sam gave us a gave us a whole spill. Are we sponsored by Supercell or what? Dude, (laughs) isn't you know Town Hall twelve like us? Because currently, the next upgrade for my Archer Towers will be seven days and twelve hours. So yeah, I it that's ridiculous. I don't know. I don't even know if the last time I played when like twenty fourteen. I don't even know if there was a Town Hall twelve. I think Town Hall eight was pretty high, and then. Everything was just like two weeks to build. And I was just like, I, I give up and go play something else. Well, thank you for the update, Sam. And thank yep. you for the detail. I was not expecting that. You're welcome. But uh, yeah, I was going to say really quickly before we jump into it too, I did not realize Autumn had a Tiger jersey. So that's cool. Very cool. It is cool. She does rep the good old <laughs> pretty well. It is cool, yeah. It is very cool. But since we're talking about baseball, we should get into our 30 for 30 that we decided to watch. Um, I can go first. We decided to switch up the podcast and do a little bit of a Friday flick idea, and we decided to go for a 30 for 30. So we all watched on ESPN Plus. Um, I don't know. Do you guys all use my account? I forget. I did. Okay. Oh, I did not. I, I have my own now. Oh, oh, you... oh okay. I, I've, gra- I've graduated. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, anyways, um, I'm glad, Tim, you're able to use my account because that is what it's there for, you know, yeah. using those exactly. a win is a win podcast. Yeah. Hang it forward. Yeah. Yeah. It's our win is win podcast fun. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. Currently, are we in debt? Potentially, but, you know, it's okay. Yeah, maybe. It, um, but I thought it was a pretty good documentary, not going to lie. Um, I guess the premise for those of you who don't know, we kind of talked about it a little bit, but this was 2004 ALCS. Um, it was first the Yankees and 
this is called the subway series because you can go on a subway between Boston and New York and there have always been rivals and this was still during the curse of the Bambino because the Red Sox had traded Babe Ruth, probably one of the greatest baseball players ever, to the Yankees. And ever since they did that, they hadn't won a World Series uh, like ever. Um, and I forget if they hadn't even gone to the World Series since then. I forgot which one it is. But I do know they hadn't won. Um, and I know the Red Sox were pretty good that year. Obviously, they're playing each other rivals and stuff, but they're down 3-0, and they got hammered in Boston in game three. I think it was like 18-9 to or something like that. And everyone was like, well, here it is. Like, the Yankees are going to beat them again. Like, this is how it's going to go. They ended up winning game one, uh, game four and five, and then that's when you have the classic picture of Kurt Schilling with his bloodied sock going through that. And that's kind of fun for me because – Kurt Schilling used to be a pitcher for the Diamondbacks as well. So that was kind of a fun little thing to see. Um, I've always liked Kurt Schilling because uh, Kurt Schilling and Randy Johnson were like the one-two punch uh, for the Diamondbacks when they won in 2001. Um, but then obviously they win game six and then win game seven. And then they go on to play – I forget who they play in the World Series that uh, year. They play the Cardinals. Oh, did they play the Cardinals? Yeah, they actually did play the Cardinals. Okay, so played the Cardinals that year, and then obviously they, they won. Um, so that was a pretty cool little thing. I don't know. That's just a little synopsis. Give me your thoughts on the on what you guys watched, how it made you feel, et cetera, and then we can go into more of that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, I can go ahead and go next. I thought the fun – I thought the film was very fun. Uh, I personally loved the scenes the most. It was very, like, action-packed. I love the scenes the most, like right after game four, five, six, and seven ended. And they had the shots where they're in the Red Sox locker room, seeing all like the raw emotion that Big Poppy, Pedro Martinez, all the other big name guys that were letting out. It was awesome to see. It reminded me a lot of The Last Dance with Michael Jordan, especially after winning like the third straight finals appearances. But, um, yeah, no, it was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of a little sad that all three of us were probably a little bit too young to experience that in person because we were all probably five or six at the time. But um, yeah, unfortunately, my Cardinals did lose to them in the World Series. They were a pretty big powerhouse team, apparently, but I wasn't too uh, sad about that because we did win in 2006. But uh, yeah, like Matt said, the Red Sox haven't, didn't win in a hundred and I believe 108 years before that 2004 season. And then after that, they just kind of went on a winning streak. They've won 2007 since 2013 and then 2018, I believe. So they've been pretty, pretty good after, after getting rid of that curse of the Bay and beat up. I mean, they've won the Yankees. So they have what they won more recently and more than the Yankees the past 20 you're right. Yeah, the Yankees kind of kind of suck when they need to clutch up in terms of that. But um, yeah, no, you're right. Yankees have only won 2009, I'm pretty sure. And then Red Sox, yeah, they just kind of popped off after the 2004 season. So it was really fun to watch, though. Just a quick correction, because I actually remember this from the film. So I'm debating or I'm wondering uh, if you actually did watch it, Sam. I'm just kidding. Yeah. But it was 86 years uh, with their drought. Oh, 
I did actually. I did have the six right at least. Yeah. Was it the Cubs? Wasn't the Cubs? I was one hundred eight. Yeah, I think. Yeah, you got it mixed up. I think. Okay. Mix them up. Oops. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad I'm going last, and I'm happy that you guys enjoyed it. But I gotta tell you guys the truth. I don't think you guys know the truth. I honestly thought it was kind of bad. I was not a big fan of that thirty for thirty. I was a little disappointed. What? Yeah. I'm sorry. So, I mean, this is just obviously difference of opinions. Sam, you said how you liked a lot of the like scenes, you know, mm-hmm. I thought, I mean, obviously I think some fit, I, I agree with you on the, the post game stuff, but it felt a little just all over the place. And it was only, it seemed like B roll type of stuff, you know, like that's like what the film was made of. There wasn't maybe like, I wish I could have seen, I remember one specific example was the David Ortiz walk off it doesn't even show like the maybe the the tv broadcast which i don't know if they were allowed to use it you know but it kind of just shows a camera side view of it it didn't actually show like a a tv version of it which i would have loved to see so you kind of don't even really see it that well you know the walk off in in game four and i also didn't like how there was really no i mean it showed they lost game three but it didn't really show anything else about the series it just dove right into it i wish it had a little bit more of a backstory about maybe the Red Sox championship drought, about the specific series, about the rivalry with the Yankees. It kind of just dives right into game three, them getting blown out, and then it goes right into game four. I wish there was more backstory leading up to it. And so I don't think it really starts you off at a good spot either, especially if you're not as big of a baseball fan. You kind of maybe don't necessarily know what's going on. And so I thought that was another big flaw and like I said, it was just a lot of B-roll kind of stuff. I wish it flowed more. I didn't think it flowed too well. It felt a little all over the place. But I did like Kurt Schilling. I liked how they portrayed him and his uh, effort in game six with the ankle. I thought that was really well documented. And I also did like some of the parts and like after they won, for example, and showing the fans. And I thought the one scene that was really cool was all the fans that were out uh, in Boston, like right by Fenway, and it didn't look real, but there's so many, you know, after they'd won game seven, like outside. And so I thought that was cool. But overall, I was actually not a huge fan. And I really did try and be engaged in it, but it was hard for me to like get drawn in. I never felt drawn into it. And so I would rate it if I'm already going to give a rating out of 10, I'm going to give it a three. I, I wasn't, I wasn't very impressed well, at all. So well, before, I, before we, um, before, we get into the big debate of ratings, etc. <laughs> I do have to be a little bit of a devil's advocate on that one. Now, do I think it's the best opportunity that is on the platform? No, I don't. Mm-hmm. But I think we do have to take into consideration when the film was made. It was made in 2010, which was six years after all this happened. So the memory is probably still recent in a lot of people's minds and that thing. I would also have to say that the 30 for 30s we're used to now are definitely a lot more in-depth, more documentary style, whereas the ones earlier, as in the 2010 one, obviously is not. So I do have to think if you, if we're comparing it to today's 30 for 30s versus back then's, I think I would agree with Charles 100% that it is not as good. Um, I also have to think, too, like... I don't think ESPN had as many rights or things available to them as like, you know, what we do now and stuff. 
So I do think we do have to take in some historical context as well. However, to to Charles's point, and I agree with him, for me, I mean, I'm not a big Boston. I mean, I like the Patriots. So, like, yeah, I'll root for the Red Sox, you know, if they're on or whatever. Same thing with the Celtics, et cetera, you know. Um, but I didn't know too much about the 2004 team. Like, obviously, I knew about Pedro Martinez and Ortiz because I'm a baseball guy, so I do know about them. But it would have been nice to, like, maybe have them go through, like, their ups and downs of the season and then winning maybe their first two. Like, maybe they were in the wild card, right? Maybe winning that game plus the, you know, ALDS. And then, okay, now it's a championship series, and let's see what game one, two, and three, how does that look in the locker room compared to games four through seven, you know? kind of that kind of thing. I know the documentary is like about 52 minutes long. For me, I think if it would have been an hour and a half and you put in those other stuff, that extra 40 minutes of games one through three plus their season, I think it would have really tied it in all together and would have, for myself, I would have probably rated it higher out of 10 than what I am. I won't get the rating just yet because I want to hear what Sam has to say, but I do agree with points that Charles makes, but also I do think historically and from when the film is made, we do have to put into perspective that part as well. Oh, historically, I think the I think it's awesome. So um, I'm definitely a little well, biased. I mean, I mean, historically, as in like it was made in 2010, this happened in 2004. So it's like the six years, you know, it's oh, not yeah. like, you know, if it was made in 2023 and you look back 20 years from now, I think you'd get a different documentary. You know what I'm saying, Sam? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you do have a point there with uh, time frames. But um, yeah, I'm definitely going to be a little biased in my review too, just since I'm a huge baseball fan. I've always been. But um, yeah, I kind of agree with Charles too, to uh, his point in saying it's, it, it, the film's a little hard to follow. And I would agree with that. I Since I'm already a big baseball fan and I pretty much knew like, both teams and most of the players going into it I could follow it pretty easily but if I weren't a big baseball fan at all if, like if I was just a more casual sports fan and I saw a 30 for 30 that I wanted to watch I would have no clue what was going on like if if I were the if I were one of the 30 for 30 like film directors I definitely would have given some context at least people probably wouldn't have known the rivalry as rivalry as much and why the series is so important for the Red Sox, at least. Yeah, people would have known that they were kind of in a dire moment since they were down three games to zero in a game four. But um, they didn't really, they probably wouldn't have known the the giant World Series drought. Well, the film did tell them, but it, yeah, it, it, it could have done a lot better of a job in that part, but it was probably still a little bit fresh in sport and casual sports people's minds, at least. Like Matt was saying, the film was pretty much taken in place six years after it did happen. So it would have uh, told a, a better picture, probably. It probably would have been a lot more clear if the film was made like 2023, like today. Probably would have given more context. But I still thought the film was good. The pacing was a little weird at times. I can agree with that, too. But for the most part, I could have followed it. And I kind of followed the the vibe that the film was trying to give off too. So I thought it was better. So Charles said his rating was three out of 10. What would you give it out of 10, Sam? So out of 10, um, 
I really did enjoy the film. I'm trying to give myself in a perspective of like a more casual sports fan, not just trying to be biased. I would I wouldn't say it was the best 30 for 30 film. There was definitely probably a lot of like TV rights that they didn't have and like a smaller budget than the documentary films have now today. Like Charles said too, I would have liked there's a couple other scenes where I would have enjoyed a lot more like the TV like play by play of the actual play happening instead of just like a cheap like side cut of kind of predicting what happens you just kind of have to use your mind to fill in the blanks but i would probably give it a solid maybe like five five point five it wasn't a bad film it wasn't it, it wasn't the greatest as a casual fan i have to take it down a little bit but i'd watch it again it was fun it's a lot lower than I I thought you were going to give it, to be honest. Oh, you thought? I, I was expecting a 7 or 8, and you said 5, 5.5, and I was like... I was okay. teetering 5 or 6, maybe, but, I mean, if you're not a real, like, diehard Sox or Yankees fan, you probably rank it around that part, too. It was still a fun watch, though. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I would say, for me, I'd probably give it, like, a 4. Oh! Like, a 4? Yeah, I would say that just because, like, I think there's a lot left to be desired. You know, it's like when you're when you're writing, like, a paper, you know, and you turn it in and you, like, half-A it. Like, you know, like, okay, I kind of did it, but not really. That's kind of how this felt. It felt like it was a good documentary, but, like, it felt weird because, like, you had, like, Bill Simmons in it a little bit. And they're like, oh, yeah, 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 I felt that. And then, like, all of a sudden it would cut away. And you're like, why the freak were they in there? Yeah, his like, and that kind of scene with him and I forgot the other guy's name. I know he's big in Boston. It felt odd the when they yeah, kind like of go to those points. Times. They're like, oh yeah, this is how I felt. Yeah. And then what went going on. And I'm just like, wait, why don't we get more from them or something? I mean, granted, obviously like Charles and I know that he has a big podcast right now, you know, the ringer, you know, his, his podcasts, you know, thing, the ringer and all his different things. But like for me, it's like, man, if you're gonna if you're gonna do that, like I don't know, it'd be nice if Bill Simmons was like talking with those actual players. You know what I'm saying? Like sitting down doing something like that. Or you know, like kind of what they do with the Michael Jordan thing, right? You go and talk to the player, you know, maybe he's the one asking the questions, like, okay, how did you feel? And they go into a story of okay, well, me and my dad felt like this in the stands. How did you feel on the on the field? You know, things like that, right? Like there were interesting tidbits where he was like, oh, yeah, my dad, like, took out a pill bottle. And I was yeah. like, oh, hey, can I get a Tic Tac? And he's like, oh, no, it was my heart pill. And they're like, okay. And they moved on. And I was just like. I remember that scene. Yeah, that yeah, was so, a good one. That was a good one. Yeah. So, to me, I feel like it was a 4 out of 10. Like, it definitely was getting close to passable. Is it something I would watch again? No. Like, once is enough, I think. Like, I think you could even just read like the spark notes version like online and like, Oh yeah, that's 30, 30 cool. And move on. You know, like, <laughs> like it was a good watch. And I'm like, you know, like if you have an extra 50 minutes and you want to learn more about the 2004 playoff thing, sure. Go for it. If you, if that's, if you do want something else, I would not suggest watching it. That, that'd be my opinion. I don't even think you really learn from that series that much. Yeah, I don't think I was really say, much you learn any much anyways. I was gonna say you barely you barely learn anything in that yeah. film. 
I was expecting you guys to maybe rate it a little higher. I wasn't sure if I was just like being too too cruel on it, but I, I I'm glad that you guys kind of had the same opinions as I did. This yeah. is how I thought of it after I watched it. This would be something I'd put on in the background, and I'd be doing something else, like yeah, it's like playing a classic, on my phone. Classic, I I wouldn't actually be watching it. I'd just be on in the background. That's <laughs> it's a background. It's a background. That's how low I rated it, honestly. I'm just imagining you like playing in the background. the background and playing Clash of Clans. Pretty, it's been demoted to the background oh for me. God. It's so. it's demoted to the G League for you. Hey, all all I know is Bill Simmons. You know, you were great, great in your <laughs> parts, and we would love to be sponsored by the Ringer, or not sponsored, but we'd like to join your join your family. You can you can sponsor us. You know, join the, we don't want to join. Get, your let's podcast. get hired by the Ringer as a podcast. <laughs> We don't want to join your your podcast or anything. We want to be in the pack in the actual part of the Simmons family. We, we do want to be right there with you, Bill Simmons. Yeah, we do. Let's make our pitch. We Bill should. Simmons was great. He made like a ten out of ten, honestly. Yeah. Now, I would I would watch that film again though. It was fun. It definitely left a lot more like to be desired. I would probably watch it again in the background, kind of like what Charles is saying, but um, especially when you compare it to like modern. 30 for 30 films like the real documentaries those are super well made i think Mm -hmm. i I really wish that this 30 for 30 would have been a bit more put together better but i mean at the time in 2010 i don't think espn really cared as much and i i was really hyped up to find out that i was actually a real like documentary i was let down a little bit watching it it was still a lot of fun to watch and i mean i got excited as like a baseball fan but yeah they they could have done a better job i think i think there's definitely better ones on espn and i really want to watch those like i know um there was one that we were thinking of watching called long gone summer between martin mcguire and sammy sosa it was whenever it was in the 98 season when they were just belting home runs left and right you know oh that one um, watch i know i know you said you liked it sam like i think that one they go through a little bit more not like game by game, but like, you know, kind of here's what's going on here. Here's what's going on here. You know, kind of like that kind of thing, you know? Um, And I think that would have been cool to see like more like the Red Sox version of, okay, in 2004, what was their goal? How did they see themselves at the beginning? What were some of the ruts, high points, and then get into it? Like I'm saying, like if this thing was longer than 52 minutes, like if it was like an hour and a half, hour 45, I think it could have been a really good, like a really good uh, 30 for 30. Yeah, agreed. And for me also, I really like historical aspects of stuff like this. So tying back into the drought, because I remember, for example, Matt, our one of our rare book clubs, which we might be doing that again, just shout out. When we read the Mannings, I loved the Archie Manning part and about him i know that this is different because that was a a person this is a a franchise right but i loved his backstory and how he came to be and how he grew up you know that always draws me in so if something like that was added to that documentary it would have drawn me in a lot better from the start and so that's why that like you said those extra minutes i think really could have really could have helped and like i said it really didn't feel like 53 minutes worth of content either it felt a lot shorter than that or however long it was Mm -hmm. it felt like 25 minutes of content honestly i'm not yeah. sure how it stretched out to 53 minutes if i'm being completely honest 
So I was just not very impressed. That's you got you know that. That's just my, my yeah. Last like thoughts. I think you could have gone through game four through seven in like twenty five minutes, and you would have gotten the same effect and result as the whole fifty something it was. Like that's my honest opinion. Not trying to be harsh because like, I mean I think it's like how it is with like school, right? Like you're not doing works of art in third grade, fourth grade, but when you go into like. 12th grade or college you do a lot better on reports and stuff i think that's exactly like how this is for espn like 30 for 30s were really new at that time and now they've done stuff for about you know 15 years and they are way good now like everyone is super excited for that stuff to come out you know so i think there's also that aspect too to keep in mind but yeah like like i said if you're trying to watch a documentary i would say stay away from this one and choose a different one I, I wanted to look up the the ratings, you know, because technically it is considered like a movie or yeah. whatever. And so IMDb has it as a 7.4 out of 10 and DVD Netflix is a, a 4.2 out of 5. And I can't believe that, to be honest. That shocks me. That is pretty high. That's That kind of shocks me. I don't know. Maybe I should be a movie critic. Maybe, maybe <laughs> it's just pointing towards a bunch of like Bostonians and New Yorkers. They enjoyed it. Yeah, did, yeah. Who uh, who did that? Was it was the people from Boston? We might want to look into that. Who gave it those ratings? There might be some bias towards. Yeah, it might be a little bias, kind of like the Patrick Mahomes State Farm. I might maybe I was a little biased against my rating towards it because they beat the Cardinals in the World Series that year. Ooh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, wow, Sam. I didn't even know. Wow, Sam. And think they beat the Cardinals. You think I rate it like a seven? because of that but no i'm an honest man right i'm an honest man you probably i don't want to give spoilers but we we might watch the uh the ravens 30 for 30 in the future too you're probably gonna give that like a 10 just because they're 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 previewing the ravens no a 12 (laughs) it's that homegrown bias yeah 12 well okay i mean that one though, I mean, it is. It was done within the past year, I believe. It was last year. It was, right? yeah, yeah. So that one should be pretty dang good. Have you, you know not watched it yet, Matt? No, I haven't watched it. I you watched watch- it, right, Sam? Yeah, I I watched it well, when it came out. I'm pretty sure. the The point of our Friday flicks was to try and get things that all of us haven't watched. <laughs> yeah, you know, I know. I think I'm getting a little bit too ahead of myself. But <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, ESPN is, I think the point of that whole topic was ESPN's done a lot better job uh, spinning out new 30 for 30 films. Like there hasn't been a recent one that I haven't enjoyed watching. So, and I, and I like that. That's like the positive optimistic way to look at it. And I think that's, yeah. that's a very good way to look at it. And so yeah. Matt bringing up that point, I think was, was very, very much needed. So. Like, I definitely think the next one we do, um, cause we do want to keep the Friday flicks going. Um, we pick a newer one like the Baltimore one or something like that, and then we can almost compare and contrast and like, oh yeah, they you know they did I this. Better. I know there's one coming out soon that we're all pretty excited to watch. Let's not say, but yeah, yeah no, no spoilers. Uh, and yeah. real quick, Friday Flick isn't just going to be thirty for thirties. It, it there's no. going to be like normal non-sports i guess i said normal non-sports tv type of shows you know mm-hmm. so it's yeah, not yeah. just going to be sports so just want to want to keep that out there but there's going to obviously be sports like 30 for 30s in it so yeah yeah 
But since we talked about the baseball documentary version as in the past, let's talk about real baseball right now, boys. Let's talk about the current MLB and our teams. Right now, I know I'm wearing an Astros jersey, but TBH, like, they're my second favorite team. I follow them, but not really. Um, I'm definitely more of an NL person. Um, so I know for myself, it's the Diamondbacks. Um, Charles, I think you also follow them too, correct? It's kind of, kind of, this is the point where I could sit back in my chair and let you two chill at it at That's this true. point. But so right now, kind of, yeah. We are going to talk more about the Diamondbacks um, and the Cardinals because that's who Sam's team is and maybe just some players we like. Um, but Sam, the floor is yours to give a little rant of how you believe your Cardinals are doing. And we will we will sit back. We'll grab our popcorn. Yeah, I was about to. Okay. Let me grab my popcorn you real cook, quick. Bro. Grab your popcorn. Let me grab my popcorn. We'll let real you, quick. We're gonna let Sam cookie cook if you know what I'm saying. Let him cook. Before I pop off though, Charles, is that a little stolen valor though? You you want to take a, a step back on this? Yet you're wearing a Tigers jersey. I'm just doing it for the culture. For the culture, is that you said? Hey, for the brand. For the brand, he's going to Kansas. Hey, this is a this is a good fit too, to be honest. So I feel good in this fit. So bro, like, bro, you got your ice, you got your chain out, bro, and you got hey. your jersey. I mean, hey, yeah. you look the part. In the words of one of our old friends, he said this in a different context, but look good, podcast good. Hey yo, <laughs> who said that? I'll tell you off camera. Look good, podcast good. Okay, that's that's an his original saying was look good, test good. Oh, and he was in our earth science class, Matt. You probably know that's, who it is. That's now. Actually but pretty I, I don't want to say names on here without them. That, that's so fair. That's I'll fair. tell you off camera, Sam. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. That's <laughs> <laughs> just funny thinking about it. I can probably take a wild guess who that is, but that's besides the point. So baseball. Finally. I I've been I've been breathing to talk about baseball for a few weeks now on the podcast, and now we're finally getting to it. I like to think around this time period right before the all-star break happens this is kind of the dog days of the mlb season my cardinals we are garbage right now i'll just be honest with you we're 13 games under 500 um i believe this is the first really bad stretch that we've had uh the last losing season that we've had was back in 2007 all the way back in 2007 I'm pretty sure the last time we had a stretch this bad, though, with how we're playing was the 1916 season. I think I did a little bit of research on that. So we're getting on the levels of being historically bad. The Really, the only bright side of the Cardinals group that's going on right now was that Jordan Walker got called back from the minor leagues again. Um, I believe he's on a 16-game hit streak, which is really impressive for a rookie. I think he kind of gets um, – he doesn't get a lot of love just because there are a few other rookies in the league that are absolutely tearing it up right now. Um, for example, one really good rookie, he's he's going to be one of the candidates for Anna Rookie of the Year if he keeps this up. No no shame to Corbin Carroll. He's amazing too. But Ellie De La Cruz, he's absolutely the hot ticket guy as for right now. Um a, a few days ago, from when we were when he, we are recording this podcast, he actually hit for the cycle in his fifteenth game. Um, I believe that's the second shortest stint any player has had for when they hit their first cycle. So that's pretty amazing. The Reds are 
doing really good too. It's a lot of fun to watch when uh, teams that aren't doing as well lately, they're doing really good. Same with the Pirates too. It's fun to watch both those teams play. But um, yeah, that's kind of my side of the NL Central. I follow basically all the NL Central teams a lot more closely just because the Cardinals are hanging out there. Um, I know Matt's got a pretty good perspective on how the NL West is doing too with his D-backs. They're actually first place in the NL West right now, which is pretty impressive. I will say that. But um, yeah, uh, other notes I have to say, uh, I'm I'm glad the Orioles are still rocking it. The Twins are doing pretty solid too. They're still under 500, but they're winning their division, which is, I mean, what really matters. The Rangers are absolutely blasting right now too. It's pretty fun to watch um, with how hot their team is right now, offensive-wise too. It's amazing. Um, same with the Marlins. They're 15, no, sorry, 13 games over 500. But um, yeah, hopefully they take the uh, division crown when it all ends. But uh, yeah, I think I've ranted for long enough, so I will take it back over to Matt. Let him give his thoughts. Um, I do have to agree with Sam. The Cardinals are booty. And honestly, I'm okay with it because growing up in Missouri, they've always been good. Granted, I was able to watch the 2013 World Series whenever the Cardinals and Red Sox played. Um, I was pretty happy because I went to game five, and that's when Boston won. Um, and I was rooting for Boston because I'm not a Cardinals fan at all. Um, however, it is sad because they have Paul Goldschmidt on the team, which he used to be on the Diamondbacks. Uh, we traded him in the 2019 season, I believe, is when it was, 2020. 20. One of the two I think it was Francine. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yep. Um, and so, you know, I do like it whenever he does well. And obviously he won the NL MVP last year, which I think he could have won probably a couple other times as well. He was just on the Diamondbacks and we sucked. Um, but this year, um, I was optimistic about our team. I was like, okay, well, we have Zach Gallon, who's a proven ace. Corbin Carroll has a lot of hype, so that could be good. We had a lot of young pieces. But halfway through the season, I didn't think that we'd be in first, especially over the Dodgers and Padres. Um, I know right now the Padres aren't looking very well, um, but they do have a lot of studs, you know. I mean, they have Manny Machado, Tatis, Xander Bogaretz, um, and a couple other people. Like Jake Cronenworth is really good. Um so they're pretty good. Dodgers, of course, are always good. And then the Giants have actually done really well lately. And then you have the Diamondbacks. So, I mean, honestly, in the NL, that's probably the hardest division to win. And I think Sam would probably agree with that statement. But the NL West has always been the hardest to win probably the last couple years, probably. And just the most competitive with the teams. So I'm pretty happy with that. And then Corbin Carroll um, is right now, I believe, second or third in NL MVP voting. And currently the odds on favorite to win the NL rookie of the year. I know today he did exit early from the game with like right shoulder soreness. So hopefully that's something that's like, maybe he like landed awkwardly or did something, you know, where it's just like a little tender, you know, hopefully it's nothing too bad. Like, Oh, he has a torn rotator cuff or something, you know, cause I would, that'd be killer for our team and chances. Cause he's a really big part of our lineup. Um, 
but they've been really good. The two worst divisions, in my opinion, this year have been the Central Divisions. The AL Central is complete garbage where the Tigers are in. And then the NL Central has also been like hot dog water, I would have to say. Um, I mean, I think the Cardinals are like, what, like only like 10 games back or something like that, I think. They're nine games back, actually. Yeah, they're nine games back and what, like 15 games under 500 or something like that, yeah. I think. It's which is pretty wild. And then in the NL Central or AL Central, you have two teams under 500. You have, and then you have Detroit, who is 10 games under 500 and is four games back of the, of the lead. So that's pretty garbage. Um, every other division, they've had like some really good races. Um, you know, the East, all of them are above 500 except for Boston, but they're like right at 500. In the West, you have. LA, Houston, and Texas. The Rangers are really doing really well. East you have Atlanta, Miami, Philadelphia. In the West, you have Arizona, San Francisco, and the Dodgers who are doing really well. So, you know, still a lot of baseball to be played. Um, a lot of cool stuff. But other than that, like, I don't know. It's been a really fun time. Can't really complain too much. Um, I'm just excited to see Diamondbacks hopefully – if anything, make the playoffs, even as a wild card team. I mean, I would love to win the division, but, um, you know, seeing them play in October would be nice because I haven't seen them play in September, a meaningful game in September or October for probably like about four or five years now. So, Yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun to watch. I don't really have any hopes that the Cardinals will pick it up and even be a wild card team. Um, I think most of the fan base, including myself, uh, wants the Cardinals to sell during trade deadline. I really hope we don't get rid of Paul Goldschmidt too, though. He is an absolute gem for the team, but um, yeah, definitely things do need to change for the Cardinals at least, but it'll be a lot of fun to watch. I'm glad a lot of uh, smaller teams like the Diamondbacks and the Reds, Pirates, even the Rangers, they're doing so well right now. Hopefully they can keep it up into the playoffs too. Now it's time for my defense of the Tigers. Just kidding. I have no idea. <laughs> he has no um, defense. Okay, Sam, why do you think, more specifically, why the, it's not working with the Cardinals? What is, what is um, your take on that? Well, well specifically, uh, well, team chemistry is still really bad, I think. Um, I think amends were made, at least with Wilson Contreras. No one really hates him on the team anymore. But our pitching just sucks. It's never really improved. Um, our main guy, Jordan Montgomery, I believe he just uh, went to the IL, actually. So that's pretty terrible, too. Um, our closer can't close games. Our relievers do anything but relieving. They actually do the opposite of that. Our team just is terrible. We can't get on, like, a good hitting streak. We can't get, like, we leave a bunch of runners on base every game. It's just the same thing as how we looked in May, and people were like, oh, my God, we'll get better. No, we, we've never actually gotten better, and I don't think we're going to get better anytime this season. So hopefully oh. we do sell and get some good draft picks so we can wow. – So the question is, for, for the trade deadline, are Cardinals going to be buyers or sellers? I really hope that they're going to be sellers. Um, I would kind of have to look into it a little bit more on like who they would actually sell. Cause obviously I don't want them to sell someone like Arenado or Goldschmidt or even Jack Flaherty. I 
he's been kind of booty this whole season, but I think he's still got some potential in him. I I mean, I don't know if I would be too against of trading someone like like Nolan Gorman. He's been mainly our second baseman. He's what he's about, really good this season. What about your guy Lars Newtbar? <laughs> Lars Newtbar? For the right price, maybe. I love all the media attention that he's getting. He seems like a really fun personality too. But I don't know if he's really like the the greatest baseball player. He was really good last season at least, but that was his rookie season um, with the MLB. But um, yeah, I don't know. We have a lot of really good players on paper on our team. Things are just coming together, and I'm I am kind of losing hope for the, the Cardinals this season. It's rare, like what Matt was saying. The Cardinals are usually consistently good year after year, but. Yeah, this has really been the fluke season for us. Hopefully things do turn around for the future, but I don't really have any high hopes that we'll make the playoffs. I think you're – I'm a little shocked. I, I I personally still think the Cardinals can turn it around. I'm a little surprised that you're kind of already willing to, to give up because we've seen the Cardinals turn it around even just uh, – Four, you know, a couple four or five years ago, they've they've had stretches where they completely turned around. And I told you, I wouldn't be shocked if they win, if they go on a streak where they win 18 of 20 and they're first in the NL Central. You said that's not gonna happen, but I don't know. I it's personally true. see the Cardinals still having it's, a run because they always do. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Maybe I they'll agree. blow it up this time. I I don't see it. I think they're gonna make a run. I don't well, know. I just have a feeling. I, I agree with what you're saying. The Cardinals have pulled a bunch of really ridiculous luck at during the tail ends of seasons to squeak into the playoffs, but it's just not fun to watch. Like the, the past couple of years, at least the Cardinals have made the wild card round and they just get bounced out of it. It's not fun to like celebrate your team getting, making the playoffs, but then immediately getting their butts kicked and you have to do it all over again. I strictly want the Cardinals to sell just so we don't get in that scenario again in the future. I want to see them make a good run in the playoffs again, and I'm not including like 2019 where they shouldn't have won the division series and they just totally got swept by the nationals in the championship series. That was not a good playoff run to me. So you don't, so basically what you're, uh, as well as what I'm getting is you don't think this team can contend. You think this team is not good enough. Well, I mean, I always like to be hopeful because it's my Cardinals. I want to ride or die with them all the time. I don't want to, just completely count them out, but I think I would be a little bit a little bit more satisfied to see them completely blowing it up than them just getting on a random hot streak, making the playoffs, and then losing the wild card to like the Giants. We suck to the Giants for no reason. We always lose to them. Um, what I think, I think it's not the offense that's the problem for the Cardinals. I believe they have like top ten runs. I think scored. It's pitching and bullpen that is really atrocious. And I think if you can get like one or two good arms for both that like will help steady something, I think that'll help you guys out a lot. Like the Diamondbacks by no means are our starters very good, but I do know when Zach Gallon pitches and Merrill Kelly pitches, those are almost two guaranteed wins. So I'm like, okay, at least I know we're going to go two and three every five games at least, you know, and then yesterday we we had a really good start by Zach Davies. Then our bullpen low key choked it. I mean, not even low key, high key. They gave three runs in the ninth inning. I was like, "Holy shiz, what are we doing?" Um, 
But like I know for us, if we just get one bullpen guy, like I think that would really help Diamondbacks. But for you guys, I mean, your offense is fine too. I say if things don't turn around by mid-July, that's when you hit the panic mode or reset mode. That's what I'm thinking. I think by July, I would say by by July 20, if the Cardinals aren't at least in the third or fourth spot in the NL Central, they have to blow it up. Is there? I, is I there, think it's fair. Is there a specific answer to that date, July 20th? No, or, I just think it's like kind of mid and July, so that's why okay. I decided for it. I mean, usually whenever you put a timetable like that, it's just around the All Star break. And I mean, the All Star break is about around July twentieth. So I mean, oh, you're not wrong. Oh, I just pulled that one out of my butt. It's it's like July eighteenth. I think I actually looked I, it up. It's July eleventh. Oh, oh, so twelve. Boys, I'm pretty right. dang excited for I that. I know home it's derby. Not gonna lie, I love watching the home run derby. You love watching the home run derby. That's my favorite part. Yeah. Uh, I saw that Vladdy's gonna play in it. Vladdy Jr., that's about all I know. So, also, the Cardinals are 12th in runs, just uh, to off your point, Matt. Fact chat. Real, fact real quick. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll jump over a little bit more to the D-backs, Matt. I feel like kind of the moderator here in a way, which is kind of nice. Do you think this Diamondbacks team is a true World Series contender? And how would you like to see them kind of – build off of already what they've built because as you said this was a shock so what are the next steps if maybe you don't think they're a contender this year what would you like to see them do yeah i think they are i mean obviously they're a world series contender because they're in like their leading division right now realistically are they world series championship team i think no not because i don't want i mean i would love for them to like win like if they did hey great the reason why I don't gamble is because, you know, then I'd be like, oh, my gosh, you know, whatever. Um, I think the Braves are a better team than them. Um, and I do think when the Dodgers are healthy, I think they're better. However, I think we have a lot of good young pieces that sets us up for success later. And I think if we get another starting pitcher, not – I mean, I mean, I would love to have another starting pitcher like Zach Gallen. You know, I mean, I think everyone would. But if we can get like a, a number two or number three to pair with Mel- Merrill Kelly and Zach Gallen, and then you get like a bullpen arm who is really like that steadying hand, I, I think this team goes from fringe wild, uh, fringe like NLCS contender to like a legit World Series contender because you have Patel Marte and Corbin Carroll and Christian Walker who are your three good hitters. I mean, Corbin Carroll is almost – NL MVP candidate right now and so I mean it's like okay what more would you really want right I mean not a lot of teams have MVP candidates on their team you know um, so I think they're just two pitchers away one in the bullpen one in the starting away from really being a legit World Series contender would you like to see that happen at the trade deadline then um for me, I'd like to see one of them happening. If we can get a, a bullpen pitcher and not give up too much, great. If we can get a starting pitcher and not give too much, great. But to go all in in this, I mean, but at the end of the day, like let's say the Diamondbacks are like, for some reason by July 11, if they're like four or five games, you know, ahead of the division, 
maybe you say, you know, this is the year we really want to win the NOS and you go for it. And I wouldn't be upset because we haven't really been good since probably 2017. That was the last time we made the playoffs. So it's been six years and stuff. I mean, two years ago, we lost 101 games or 111 or something like that. So, I mean, being two years removed from that, like, I'll, I'll take it, you know? I'm glad to see Cattell Marte still swinging it because he was the uh, the tap sports baseball legend for me. Uh, yeah. Throwback to that game uh, like four years ago. And he was like mm-hmm. my best hitter, I swear. So, yeah. Yeah. That makes me happy. What a no. what a difference of uh difference of, of opinions of no difference of just emotions. We have a team that is a, a guy whose team and I guess kind of my team, too, a little bit. But I, I not like Matt, a guy who's got a team doing a lot better than expected, feeling really good about it. And then another guy with a team who is not doing as good as expected and wants wants it to be blown up and is sick of watching them blow leads or or can't reserve yeah. pitch or whatever you're they, saying. They, yeah, can't close. They've blown so many saves this year. It's ridiculous. Uh, Get rid of the whole like pitching staff. Adam Wainwright. I have no words. No words. Save Go back to done. your farmland. Hang out there. I think it's time to go. I think it's time to also. I think it's time to go on this podcast, right, for this episode. So. We are a little over time, but it was a good one, though. It was a good one. Episode, yeah. episode 20. 20. 20. Yes, yeah. 20. 20. So. Sam, who's with the outro? Oh, with the outro again? I was I was with the outro last episode. All right. Then, Charles, who's with the outro? Okay. I like, you actually, I think you did intro and outro last episode, and you volunteered yeah. to do the outro. So. You guys may be the workhorse last episode. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Sam, I just said you, you volunteered. Sam, you I, remember, I remember last episode too. I was like, I am the host for the podcast today, and you guys are so upset about that <laughs> for no reason. Well, Sam, you got to earn your shekel somehow. We have to pay your salary. Come on. I dude. do, man. I do. I'm telling you, I do. I bring the energy to the podcast every day. I mean, as you just yawned like 30 seconds ago. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, man. Work was tough today. Wow, work was tough. You don't think Charles had a I, tough work day? I was just gonna say the car talking about the Cardinals was probably tough, wasn't it? Yeah, was, I was gonna say we all I also had to talk about the Cardinals <laughs> and the Red Sox that beat us twice in the World Series. <laughs> so sorry, uh, it just I didn't line up for you, did it? No. Yeah, this was episode 20 of a win is a win. We hope you guys enjoyed. This was a, a baseball themed episode, and I, I love how we all rocked some jerseys i thought that was a nice touch to it so yeah super fun we don't actually i don't think we have planned what's coming up next i think we gotta plan that so but there's a lot of good i know there's a lot of good nba stuff and there's still topics from a couple weeks ago that we haven't gotten to that we might get to so we've got a lot a lot brewing and we still have other things that aren't sports that we have talked about maybe a few drafts coming up uh i know we're gonna have movie monday slash friday flick coming up and we also might have video game segments coming up. Just a lot of fun stuff that some we're good excited soccer about. stuff coming up. Yeah, too, soccer. We've got a lot of stuff that we're excited about, and so a win is a win. You guys know the D backs know what a win is. Cardinals not so much this year. Sorry to say that. Make sure to follow us YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Instagram, and we hope you guys enjoyed H Double, Maddie B, 
Sam Cookie, episode 20. Hope you guys have a good weekend. Have a fun 4th of July, although we should have an episode out before the 4th still. But yeah, just want to say a happy, uh, if you have a long weekend, have a, have a good, happy 4th of July weekend. So we should see you guys Monday. Peace. Hey.